Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. This is the Who You Know and Dr. Rowe Show segment. So Dr. Rowe, who who do you know today? Who are we going to be, uh, who do we have the pleasure of interviewing today? 
You want to introduce them to us? Absolutely. You know, it's always an honor to have all of our guests here on the Breakfast of Champions Millionaire Club stage. But today we have the amazing Steve Fitzhugh. And we love to say his name and tease him like Steve Fitzhugh. But not only is he a former NFL Denver Bronco, he is a current NFL chaplain who has the luxury of flying all over the country to different uh, NFL playing teams and pray with them. He also has written several books, one of which is a children's book and so many others that have uplifted people around the country. He uh, dives deeply into amplifying educators and worship leaders and all types of people. With no further ado, please help me give a warm welcome to Steve Fitzhugh. Welcome, Steve. Welcome. 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 Pastor Steve, if you click on the mic on the bottom on the right, it, you should be able to unmic. Yeah. Can you hear okay. me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. How are you today? I am doing great. I feel welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the warmest table in the world with so many people around you. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us this morning. I'm not going to even uh, food around this morning. I just have to ask the question right off the bat. You know, you have traveled all around the world and I know you've, you're from Ohio. You spent time in DC. You went to Howard University. You have just done so many uh, different aspects of life. But one of the, the greatest things um, besides serving God you have gotten the chance to do, which not many people do, is make an NFL team. And while you were with the Denver Broncos, can you just tell us what is the greatest lesson that you learned while you were playing? Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a great question. Um, well, one of, one of my mantras is, is delight yourself in the Lord. And so I think we have to, so many people go through life trying to figure out where their delight is. And uh, my delight was hitting people. <laughs> so, so I delighted myself in, in playing competitively, athletically, and making the Denver Broncos was, was an extraordinary experience. Uh, I tell people all the time, I found out what NFL stands for, not for long, uh, but uh, it, was, it was truly a great experience. And I had a number of life lessons that I, I learned. And one of the things I think we had a coach, his name was Dan Reeves. And, uh, you know, Dan Reeves was a, he was a great coach. And, and there were, there were days when it really, really got tough. I mean, you did the same thing every day, practice your fundamentals, your techniques. And, um, you know, we were on a push to go to the Super Bowl, and, um, you know, it was, just a, it just was a it just was a grind and I remember uh, him saying uh, one thing that really stuck in my in my head in my heart in my spirit was um, if it were easy we'd all be champions and and that that just was a powerful lesson because uh, as I share so often with uh, NFL athletes and also with um, a lot of my expertise expertise is, is working with young people in America. Um, I, I had a 
I've had so many challenges in my life personally that many people see some of the success that I have today and they have no idea that I came from the challenging background that I have. And so I didn't have to look beyond the front door of my home to see people who were not focused and see people, particularly uh, siblings who got caught up in all kinds of things. And and I wasn't the biggest, the strongest, or the fastest, but I, I was able to make some great things happen. My brother Raymond was a greater athlete than I was, but because of some compromise in his life, and uh, uh, those things never came to fruition. If it were easy, we'd all be champions. And there's some very difficult decisions I had to make because I not only wanted to be a champion on the playing field, I also wanted to be a champion in life. And uh, we unfortunately ran into a guy in the Super Bowl named Doug Williams. And uh, <laughs> the rest is history. We, we were not Super Bowl champions that year. But uh, that's one of the lessons, I think, Dr. Rowe, that, that really stuck with me. Um, if it were easy, we'd all be champions. Pastor Steve, this is Trevor Houston here. I just want to say, maybe not Super Bowl champion, but you're definitely a champion. You are on Breakfast with Champions, and we're super excited to to talk with you today. And I I have some questions for you. Um, So I I know that um, you also help people. You're an NFL transition coach, so you help people uh, who are making that transition. Can you talk to us first and foremost about your transition out of the NFL, what did that look like? Um, and then what, what do you think um, players' biggest challenges are when they're leaving? What do you think it is for them right. and how to overcome some of those challenges? Well, my, my transition, it, it had a lot, my successful transition, I'd say, had a lot to do with my perspective going into the NFL. And so when I was in college there, Miami of Ohio, and um, it was it was pro day where all the pro scouts come in and they time you and they check you out and you know they're shopping and you're shopping and and um, you know I was a free agent I wasn't draft choice but but I remember I, I met a guy um, who came and, and spoke to our team and I I was enamored by him because he played middle linebacker for a team called the Kansas City Chiefs his name was Willie Lanier. And uh, he said something that was that prepped me for going into the NFL. He said, I hope you enjoyed your college experience. Any day after your college experience that you continue to play football, talking about in the NFL, consider each day icing on the cake. And so I knew that my next phase was going to be a limited phase. And so I had already made up my mind that, I was not only going to enjoy those days, but take each day for what it was worth and prepare for life after the NFL. And so uh, my transition, my my career was was abbreviated by a a nerve injury in my shoulder. And uh, it was difficult, but I realized, you know, I had to move on after just, just two seasons. For the guys that I work with, and you have to imagine, um, as soon as the guy takes his his uh, his severance pay, um, his severance check, and he's done with the league, he's moving on, he comes into the hands of the transition coaches. And you have to imagine most of these guys were, 
the fastest kid in grade school, the first kid picked on every team. They were the biggest kid in middle school and the most talented on every team. And they ended up going to to high school, and they most of them were state, maybe state champs, or or had a lot of attention. Then they go on to college, and they on a full scholarship, and and uh, next thing you know, they're maybe national champions, and they reached their lifelong dream. They finally made it to the NFL, and it's over in three and a half years. And typically, at that point, uh, it's not that you're going to go and do NFL somewhere else. At that point, for our guys, they have to do something else in life. So if your identity has been athletics your entire life, and now you have to do something different, it can be devastating. And there's some guys who need a little more hand-holding than others, and particularly today, the NFL, uh, Troy Vincent started this program, the Transition Coach Program. Uh, there are more resources today to help uh, guys in transition. But typically, one of the greatest challenges is um, we have a little catchphrase, we say, unfinished business. Most guys feel like they had one more game, one more season. They were let go premature. They can still throw the ball one more time. And uh, they, they want to make it to the, to the Hall of Fame. And it's just not going to happen. So we have to teach them. And one thing that I teach my guys is that the NFL was what I did. It was my job. It was not who I am. And so to be able to discover who you are, you can get fired from your job. Your job is what you do. But when you discover your work, what your passion is, what your gifting is, um, that you, you can't get discovered. You can't get fired from your work because your work is who you are. And so that's the greatest challenge is to get these guys to identify who they really are, because most of their life, this has been all athletics. Steve, I love that. I, I, um, I'm the host of the Who You Know Job Networking Show, and I help job seekers who are going through a similar identity crisis, right, when they get let go from their companies and things like that. And, and I, I tell people all the time that, you know, you are so much more valuable than the words on your resume, you're more valuable than the logo of the company you used to work for or the NFL team in your case, right? That the team that you, you played for, you're more valuable than that. Um, and so I just love what you said about that. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you uh, answering that question. Uh, Dr. Rowe, over to you. Wonderful, and thank you. I appreciate that too. I, I know that there are a lot of people who esteem to get to where you are, especially younger ones, and they don't realize sometimes the, the hard work and the ups and downs, and I thank you for always sharing that. With that being said, I'm just wondering, who do you consider a mentor that has played a profound role in your life? Well, um, one one of my challenges, as as with even a lot of students and guys that I work with, is what I call um, daddy pain. And my parents divorced when I was young, and I was in the second grade, and I didn't have the kind of relationship with my dad that I had dreamed or hoped for. Consequently, um, early in my life, when my 
when my sister, one day I was 12 years old, she invited me to go to church. My first response was, what, it's Easter already? <laughs> but she asked me to go to church and I went to church with her and I was only 12 years old. And the pastor of that church was a former All-American. Uh, he had a football identity. He was a man of integrity and an excellent speaker. And he just enamored me. And that was 19, well, that was a few years ago. <laughs> and that man has put an imprint on my life that I, I still enjoy the benefit of our relationship these many years later. Uh, his name is Dr. Ron Fowler, pastor of uh, Arlington Church of God in Akron, Ohio, pastor emeritus now. And, and I, I placed a demand on him. I was always showing up in his world and, and always sitting under his teaching. And uh, we just built an incredible bond. And he showed me something that, that uh, it, it was really significant. I was a two-sport, you know, standout in high school, so I ran track. I was at the state track finals, and my, my father wasn't there. My family wasn't there. We were at Ohio State Horseshoe Stadium. 20,000 people and I'm in the finals of my event and uh, and, and I, I ran my best, gave my personal best and ended up being one of the fifth best hurlers in the country that year and and I was on the, the uh, winner stand and getting my medal, my third place medal and, and uh, I heard somebody saying, hey Steve, Steve, Steve and I looked across the track and there was Ron Fowler, who had driven two hours from Akron, Ohio to Columbus, Ohio, just to watch me run in the state track finals. He didn't have to do that, but he brought us a family. He was there. And I thought that was impressive. But what was really impressive was just a few days after that, he invited me over to his house. And I came over to his house, and he asked one of his kids to take a picture off the wall, and I didn't know what was going on. This man, throughout that entire track meet, I was in several races, he had taken a picture of almost everything that I did, warming up, stretching, getting ready, getting in the blocks, running the race, and he turned it into, and I'm kind of dating myself, he turned it into a slide presentation. And he brought out his his projector and the slide projector, and on his, his, living, room, his living room wall, was a slide presentation of my state track finals. And uh, I realized that students don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that that really anchored me in an incredible relationship with, with him. But since that time, I, I placed demand on my, mentee, my mentors. And so Miles Monroe was a mentor. And I went to Nassau, Bahamas to spend 13 years in a row to sit up under his teaching at, at the uh, International Third World Leadership Alliance Association. And, um, you know, Tony Dungy is a, is a mentor, you know, and I can call Tony Dungy and say, Coach, what, what book you're reading? And I can, I can apply that to my life and start reading that book. Or, and so there are other mentors in my life, but the first was Dr. Ron Fowler. And, um, and I just realized the value of not just uh, being in someone's life, but really showing that you care.
I love that you said that um, many people sometimes lack that emotional intelligence to understand, you know, showing people you care. And the fact that you have so many mentors around you helps us to understand the importance of doing the same. I really appreciate that. Now, you have um, not only, you know, played in the NFL, obviously, you currently go as a chaplain to all kinds of places. You get to pray with people, which is so fitting why you've put all of your expertise into words in a book. So you have many, and I have a few of them right in front of me. I've just finished your your uh, the children's book, which I love, but I know the one, Pastor, We Need a Bigger Boat. And then you have the Adventures of Little Stevie, which I love because it shows and um, amplifies younger children who look like you and what they can do in their lives. But the one I want to highlight today is your collaborative book, Resilience, Turning Your Setback into a Comeback. Now, you wrote this chapter entitled, um, After Football, I Still Had a Purpose. Could you just elaborate on what you found your purpose to be? Yeah, you know, my colleague, Cal Wilson, uh, assembled a group of authors and invited me to um to participate in that that resource, and uh, <laughs> he said, "Pick a setback and describe your comeback." I've had so many setbacks. <laughs> the hard part was picking a setback. Uh, but one of the things, and as I mentioned before, you know, you have all these illusions of grandeur when you're playing in the NFL. Um, was when I was um, not passed on physical. Um, by the Cleveland Browns, which was more, they were trying to trim the roster more so than my actual physical, physical ailment. But but um, it, it came at a time when other teams that had wanted me had already filled the roster up, so I was really left out in the cold that year. And, uh, and, and I just remember my family growing up there in what I like to call L.A., lower Akron, Ohio, <laughs> but my family was so excited that I was playing for the hometown. I signed a contract with the Cleveland Browns. Everybody was excited. So it was such a major letdown. Instead of returning to Denver that year, I signed with Cleveland and Cleveland uh, didn't pass me on the physical, but it was after the draft, after minicamp. And it, it just was, it, it just was a bad situation. And so here I am confronted with life where the rug had been pulled out from under my feet, where my dream had crumbled and fallen through my fingers. When it seemed as if the door had been slammed in my face. And I think we all have those instances in our lives where it seems like the bottom has dropped out and, and where do we go from here? And I remember driving back down to Akron, Ohio, I was too ashamed even to go to my vehicle while all the guys were going down and getting their Browns warm-up suit and heading over to uh, minicamp. I, I, I just stood in my hotel room because I was, I was so embarrassed. And after the bus pulled off of the hotel, I went down and got in my car and I was driving down the freeway. And I remember pounding my steering wheel with tears in my eyes and declaring out loud in an audible voice, 
you know, no matter what happens, there's nothing that can stop me from pursuing my life goal and purpose. And that was to live a life that would be pleasing to my Heavenly Father. That, that's just what my decision was. I drove back to Akron and taught the high school Sunday school class that morning. <laughs> and I saw the disappointment in my family's eyes, but but I realized that I had been gifted to be a communicator. I've been gifted to make an impact in lives. And I and that I was going to maximize that. And I tell a lot of these pro athletes, less than 1% of high school football players will ever play one down in the NFL. And, you know, I'll be speaking to the New York Jets uh, in, in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to tell those guys, congratulations, you made it. You beat the odds. Now, how do you leverage that, protect your name, and make an impact on, on someone's life. And so I realized my purpose was to take all those gifts inside of me, many of which I didn't even know existed, take those gifts and find the problem in life that I was created to solve and be about doing it. And uh, I had to have that kind of resolve. Quiet as it's kept, there are a number of guys who, who don't know how to face the next day. And one of the first trainings we get as a transition coach is is suicide prevention and first aid. There's been, you know, two or three occasions where I've had to talk a guy off the ledge because they don't know how to clench their fist and pound the steering wheel and have that commitment to let the rearview mirror be the rearview mirror. Let those things stay in the past and look forward to the future of what life has to hold for you. Steve, oh my goodness. I just got to tell you, um, so the prior segment that we had in here with Joy and Liza talking about uh, vulnerability and, and men becoming, uh, giving a safe space to be vulnerable. And I just have to say, this is, guys, this is a perfect example of the power of vulnerability, you know, and, and leaning into your purpose here because um, your story was, you know, extremely, there was a lot of vulnerability in your story and, and what you've been through and what you've gone through, but you leaned into the purpose of it and being able to help people in that capacity and to help, you know, save lives, really. I mean, there's so much power in that. So I just have to really commend you. And I loved what you talked about, the audible speaking it out loud when you just said, you know, um, I'm committed to uh, how did you say it? How did you put it, Steve? I'm committed to finding, uh, uh, yeah, you know, living my potential. Yeah, I, I'm committed to moving forward to pursue my purpose and, and the promise in my life and still drawing the line in the sand of those things that I refuse to, to, to do. There has to be a point in our lives where we're, as, as I like to say, you know, there's the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. And the pain of discipline will produce fruit in your life but the pain of regret just produces misery so I, i'm committed to go through the pain of discipline so i can be the best version of myself that i can possibly be i love it love it love it there's so much power in that mic drops all over the place um but i do want to kind of switch gears just a little bit okay if that's okay i want to switch gears just a little bit yeah uh 
we heard your journey and your story and the, and the vulnerability in that and your power of your purpose. Uh, but what about, okay, because I'm a big football fan, right? So I just want to know, is there a, a favorite NFL moment? What's that like, that super high moment for you, that story uh, that you can share with us uh, that, that we can get some excitement from? Wow. You know, I, I, I'll just, I, I'll tell you one of the realizations, you know, I've, I've been a, uh, you know, true confession here. I've been a Raider fan most of my life. So I know, you know, playing for the Denver Broncos, but you're actually a Raider fan. So I always say that you're Raider nation, Steve, Raider nation. <laughs> yes, no. Oh, no, I, I knew that. Go Cowboys, okay. Raiders. No, no, we can't yeah. be having that. Cowboy Nation up in here. <laughs> so I tell people, you know, I cheered for Denver for two years. That's the two years they were paying me, but they're still nice people. But, um, but my, I played a Monday night game when I was when I was uh, early in the league, and I just remember being out on the field stretching, and you know, I've done it hundreds of times, stretching on the field before the game, and it was we we're at Denver Mile High Stadium, and it was so surreal because I'm laying on my back, stretching, and standing over me <laughs> near the sideline was Al Davis and a guy named Hank Stram, who was doing Monday Night Football at the time. And they were just talking like old buddies. And and these were legends. And it was just that moment right there. It was a beautiful night. It just was a pinch me moment. Um, and, and then you, when you, once you get on the field and you're like, I'm really here and you're looking in the camera, hi mom, you know, until you get your block knocked off one time, you're like, Oh, it's like that. Okay. Oh yeah. Forget about the cameras. So, uh, I, I, I would say that, that was, that was kind of the surreal moment for me. And, uh, you know, playing and people always ask me that play with John Elway. I did not play with John Elway. John Elway played with me. And so, you know, just being out there on Denver's team was, was a great experience. Love well, that. Fortunately, I will pray for Pastor Steve, as you are like cheering for the wrong team and you're loving the wrong team. It's okay though. I, we understand. Uh, we'll forgive you since you're, you're on the Breakfast of Champions Millionaire Club stage. <laughs> With that being said. Yeah, everybody gets a seat at the table, right? Everybody gets a seat at the table. <laughs> Three and oh, baby. Three and oh. Number it's, one. It's numero not the uno, undefeated. It's not the wins that count, Glenn. It's the teams that just run out of time that still will get there. So the the, the Vikings will make it someday. With that being <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, um, Pastor Steve, and I call, and, and I affectionately call you Pastor Steve. I know everyone calls you Steve, and I, I want to make it known to people that I get the opportunity to share an office with him. He is volunteering to do a job until this church finds someone as I am a pastor intern, as some of you know. So I get to share an office with him. And I'm sad because when he goes back to DC someday and, and continues God's work, he won't be in Minnesota. But in the meantime, I'm absorbing all of this. So I have to ask, do you ever second guess your decision to pivot from an NFL football player to being a pastor? Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't compartmentalize those things. So, um, 
draft night, I was I was uh, in my dorm room. I had a scout from the Dallas Cowboys and a scout from the Denver Broncos uh, in my dorm room, and we were going round by round with the draft. And um, Denver had projected to draft me. They traded away a couple of draft picks, and um, and so I'm on the phone with my agent, and then I'm talking to get the offer from the Cowboys. I'm on my phone, my agent. I get an offer from the Denver Broncos. I'm on the phone, my agent. And uh, Denver, you know, Denver said, you know, we're not going to be able to match everything Dallas is offering you. But we got a starter named Steve Foley. This is his 13th season, and he's about to retire. And we need somebody to compete for his job. And the Dallas guy said, Steve, we really need cornerbacks. And I said, well, I'm a free safety. Oh, oh, we need free safeties too. <laughs> so I just felt that Denver was really sincere. And this was my thought. I had already, had already acknowledged a call to the ministry. However, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if I was going to be a traditional pastor. I didn't know if I was going to have my own church somewhere. I just knew that God had gifted me to break down the gospel to my teammates in a way in which they could understand. And so I had already acknowledged that. So my thought was, my, 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 my belief was that there must be somebody in Denver that God is assigning me to show up there to uh, share what I know. And so I wasn't compartmentalizing it. So matter of fact, my nickname on the team was Priest because I hit you and say, God bless you, get up in the name of Jesus. But, but, uh, you know, so, so it wasn't like I was pivoting away from football. Um, I went into it knowing that I'm still an ambassador. I just felt like I'm an ambassador for, for truth and reconciliation. I felt like I'm an ambassador for, for, for love and my philosophy, even with, you know, my, my, my dad, who I, I struggled early on. My relationship with him is create a moment for, I mean, um, love that continues to take the initiative is irresistible. And so I just continue to take the initiative with people and uh, continue to take the initiative with my dad. And where my love stops, I'll allow uh, heavenly love to help me love the rest of the way. And so that's my, that's you know, part of my life mission, mission and goal. And so it wasn't a pivoting away, and many people, uh, very few, I can only think of, let's see, one, two, no, I can only think of one person who calls me a pastor. So, <laughs> so, so it was really, I'm, I'm really untraditional when it comes to my work in, in faith, and I've spent so much time in secular communities, environments, and schools, and universities, that, and that's one of the things I like so much about Dr. Miles Monroe, uh, God rest his soul, is that he had a way of talking to uh, state leaders, and he could tell them all about the truth that he knows without necessarily quoting a scripture. It just was real truth, or, or as I like to say, um, you know, Bible leather turned into shoe leather. So uh, that's been my, my philosophy, and that's been my kind of modus operandi. 
Steve. Okay, I want to comment on a couple of things. So first and foremost, uh, shame on the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones for not uh, closing the deal and seeing your true potential, man. That was a, that's a dang shame, man. I would have loved to have you over there at the Cowboys. Uh, but I also love what you said about um, hitting somebody and then, you know, get up in the name of Jesus. That's just, <laughs> you have me behind the scenes cracking up. I was just laughing out loud for real. So I love that. Guys, uh, I want to reset the room real quick. Uh, this is Breakfast with Champions, the Billionaire Breakfast Club. And this is your opportunity to get a seat at the table with those going to places you know you can go and doing the things you know you can do. Now, we don't see a clubhouse divider with a stage on top and an audience down below. No. Instead, we look at this as the world's largest breakfast table full of motivation, education, inspiration, and even a friendly competition with the positive intention of pushing your momentum in the right direction. Now, listen, if you ever miss a segment, you can go download the Breakfast with Champions podcast and listen anytime. So head on over to breakfastwithchampions.live, grab the link, and subscribe to the podcast. So you're now tuning into the Who You Know and Dr. Rowe Show segment. Uh, we have been interviewing the amazing Pastor Steve in here, and he's had me just rolling all morning. Uh, Dr. Rowe, this has been an amazing. Thank you for the introduction to, to uh, Pastor Steve. This has been awesome. You are so welcome. And I, I know he doesn't like Pastor Steve, but out of respect, I say Pastor Steve because he's old enough to be my daddy, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> say that. Uh, so I have to ask you before um, a couple questions before we open it up to hand raising. And there's a couple people on the stage I specifically wanted you to meet as well, because they either have relatives that um, are in the NFL and or they are currently coaches in the NFL. And I know that you'll bond with them as well. But what is your fondest story um, or success story that you've witnessed or experienced as a current NFL chaplain? Well, um, the chapel experience is is rather limited. So I, each team has a team chaplain. And uh, while living in Washington, D.C., uh, many teams that came through uh, would ask me, many of the visiting teams would ask me to do their chapel service. And so, uh, so for, for me in that role is, it's just a matter of, you know, 20 minutes, you know, sharing and then I'm, I'm done. So the team chaplain is the one who is traveling with the team, ministering to the team on a regular basis. Um, this past weekend I was with university, uh, I was with Clemson University, um, and their team chaplain uh, used to be the team chaplain for Tennessee Titans. And so whenever he came to, the Titans came to Baltimore, I was always getting a call. And, and uh, But now he's with Clemson, and, and so they bring me in to do chapel service uh, every year. Uh, but I would say I would, it'd probably be easier for me to tell you uh, a highlight of my work with um, with uh, as a transition coach and sharing with with the guys, and um, I, I have two that stand out in my mind because one of the most difficult things to do is to finally say, "Okay, I'm done with the NFL." 
And I had one of my athletes uh, who came to one of our programs called Bridge to Success, where we equipped them to go to the next phase. And while he was there, And so he left there, and he went and tried out for the Jaguars, and they told him no, but then he got picked by the Arizona Cardinals, played the last four weeks of that season, and then uh, they didn't pick him back up. And then a Canadian team uh, set for him, and he went up there because they had a guy retire, and he went up there and played. Then a guy in retirement got jealous, came out of retirement, and they let my guy go again. And so... <laughs> You know, I was able to connect him with, I was able to connect him with somebody with Homeland Security and he interviewed for the job. He was so excited about it and he just crushed the paperwork um, and he, 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 he only had the physical to do. He was an offensive lineman, 340 pounds. He had to run a two mile run in under um, 14 minutes and he, and he, he couldn't do it, and he was crushed, and uh, he trained, he lost 40 pounds, and I'll never forget him calling me up, Steve, Steve, uh, I ran two miles in 12 minutes, <laughs> so he got hired as Homeland Security, great pay, and uh, next thing I talked to him about was uh, he became a Capitol Police officer, and he said that he had met all the living presidents. He he guarded George Bush's body while laid in laid at the Capitol Rotunda. Just just all of uh, a whole new life, all because you know we were able to put some tools in his hands. He finally you know drew a line in the sand and said, you know, I'm done with the in and out and the up and down of, of football, and it's time for me to move on. And just hearing that excitement in his voice and in his life. And um, so that's one of the high points, and there there are others. But you know, I have another guy. He and his wife were went to the bridge to success, and they were they had a great time. And we started inviting significant others to be a part of the training. And a week after the event, they were separated. And um, and I, I, I talked with them, and we have a we have a, a counseling benefit that we can share with the guys and with Cigna, and so uh, the NFL provides eight free counseling sessions. So I was able to get he and his wife into counseling, and, um, <laughs> and not too long after that, they, they had done all their counseling sessions, and I called him up, and he answered the phone, and, and he said, Steve, I can't talk right now. Me and my wife are on date night, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and they're just doing great today, and just being able to see guys turn the corner and with the resources and making the most out of, um, you know, their lives and their situations. So those are some of the high points. Steve, I love what you said about the gentleman drawing the line in the sand and making a decision, right? And I think that's so important whenever you're in a position where maybe you feel broken or you feel lost or hopeless, you're in a position that may seem overwhelming like there's a weight on your shoulders like you can't move any further sometimes you have to just make a decision that enough is enough right i remember making that decision one day uh i moved into uh, I, I made a transition into the financial services industry and my first year was really 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 rough on me if anybody knows what that's like 
um, making that transition, you know, your first years, it can be a lot, uh, uh, very, very rough. And so it was for me, and I, I felt like I was losing everything. I felt like a failure. I just felt like, oh, my gosh, I was a, I was a success where I left, and then now I'm a failure, and I, I was crushed. But then I just remember one day, you know, just saying enough. Like, enough is enough. Like, I'm so tired of being tired. And I drew that line in the sand, and I said, no more stinking thinking, right? And I had to right. move forward. And so I just love how you put that. I think that's super important. For somebody that's in the audience right now, maybe you're going through that. Maybe today's that day for you where you need to make that decision for yourself. You need to say no more and quit letting the enemy attack you because that's what it is. The enemy is attacking you, and it's time for you to make a decision uh, to, to, to move forward. So I hope that helps somebody out there. Um, Pastor Steve, I also want to ask you, um, you've done a lot, like you've been very, very successful. You've had a lot of wins. You've, you've done a lot of great things, but I'm curious, what is next for you? Like what's, what's the next level, right? There's always that <laughs> next level. What's that for you? And how can we help to support you in that? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of um, Jim Collins, who wrote Good to Great and Built to Last, and he talks about the BHAG, Big Hairy Audacious Goal. And so I, I do have a big, hairy, audacious goal ahead of me um, that I'm putting the wheels on, uh, trying to accomplish. Um, and it, it stems from some work I've been doing over the last five years. Um, I started a program. Uh, called uh, A Good Name, and I uh, named it after uh, a friend of mine who's now deceased. His name is Truett Cathy, and uh, he started a little outfit called Chick-fil-A. And uh, he always told me that his favorite verse in the Bible is Proverbs 22 and 1, A Good Name is where I had to be chosen in great riches. And so I started a company called A Good Name. And so what I do is I bring police officers uh, in NFL cities, uh, together with ninth grade boys uh, for a weekend leadership retreat. They start off at the local NFL club tour and a dinner, and then they get on a, a bus and go to a camp. And I'll have six police officers, six boys and two police officers in five different cabins for a weekend leadership retreat. And it may start out as police officers and boys, but by the end of the weekend, it's almost like a father and son weekend. And, uh, so we've done that four years in a row in Baltimore. We did it in Washington, D.C. The pandemic shut us down the year we were doing Pittsburgh and just scheduled it, just had a postponement in North Carolina. I had it lined up there, but the camp had a uh, COVID outbreak. So i like to replicate that all over the country because I just think with what's going on in our inner cities, at some point there has to be boots on the ground, relationship building. And uh, this has been one of the ways in which I've been able to reach out and do that. Um, but in efforts to identify campgrounds, I also came across a 2,000-acre plot of land with a lake on it that I'm jockeying to purchase and uh, build my own uh, resort and retreat center and um, make it a hub for me to do Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and D.C. on a regular basis. So that's one of my big, hairy, audacious goals. Um, more immediately, you know, my, I've had a lot of success with my children's series and the three-book series, The Adventures of Little Stevie. 
true stories of my life growing up in Akron, Ohio. And I've had parents say, you know, my kids don't like to read, but they sure like reading about little Stevie and his adventures. Each chapter has a lesson learned. And, and so um, this fall, I'm going to be giving every fourth grader in Akron, Ohio, a copy of book one of the adventures of little Stevie. I figure if they can teach me how to read, the least thing I can do is, is help with literacy issues in Akron, Ohio. And so um, I hope to do that every year for every group of fourth graders as long as I can. Um, so I, I, I think that sometimes I really believe that, that what potentially lies ahead of us is so incredible that uh, most of us wouldn't even say yes to it. So I've been trying to say yes to the incredible ideas that come my way. And, uh, and I believe that, you know, somehow God unlocks doors, but it's up to me to, by faith and obedience, twist handles. And so I've been doing that. I've been teaching American football for the last three summers in all over Israel. It's been remarkable. Muslim, Jewish, and Christian boys uh, who want to learn how to play American football. And uh, I've been, uh, you know, traveling, you know, internationally and, working locally, and uh, um, those are some of the things on the horizon for me. I'm excited about uh, the Literacy Project, uh, Akron Reads, and I'm excited about um, the, the resort that, I, that I'm uh, attempting to build there in Somerset County, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Thank Steve. You so much. God is uh, definitely on your side, and he is going to make sure this happens. And um, right now, before I go to Glenn, someone had DM me and asked specifically how they can help you. They want to donate to help you with this cause. So I'm going to call on him so he can say that. And then after that, I'll go to Glenn. And then I know Lolita can only be here for a few minutes. And y'all are from the same neck of the woods since you left Ohio down to D.C. So I want to make sure she gives you a shout as well. So Ramon, go ahead and speak. Then Glenn and then Lolita. And then hey. Drew, may I? Go ahead, Pastor Steve. I got you, Pastor Steve. Hey, Dr. Rowe, thanks so much. Yeah, I just want to say, uh, Steve, uh, Pastor, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to hear your voice, and you are slacking in your life a bit. Uh, you say father, uh, husband of one and father of two. Uh, you'll find out in a few seconds why possibly you're slacking uh, a bit. We know people here are father who are husband of one and father of eight. But having said that, uh, can you please let us know what we can do, in particular myself, hearing your message has grabbed my heart, and in um, one way I can add value is donating to causes, and I'm sure others agree with that. So can you just slowly give a link, a website, or maybe we can find on your profile, if you have that ability, how can we donate and give to you monetarily to scale ourselves? Some of us can't you know, mentor young boys or do the things you're doing, but we can give money to others who are. So I just wanted to uplift you and say, please do share that when you get a space. Uh, I'd love to donate and give to you, and I'm sure others would love to do that as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, my website is, is, is stevefitzhugh.com. I just organized, I've been spending most of my adult life raising funds for other organizations, but I just organized the Fitzhugh Foundation Incorporated and uh, and if we if you can uh, email me your your contact info, uh, there'll be a way in which to do a 
a charitable donation uh, tax deductible to the Fitzhugh Foundation, which which is the umbrella by which I'm pulling all of my all of my uh, projects under one umbrella. Um, and um, but on a, on immediate sense, the the police officers piece is uh, as that website is a good name wins dot org a good name wins dot org, and you can make a donation there. Um, I also have a youth center. I bought three former crack houses in Southeast DC, and uh, it's called the House DC dot org. Uh, um, and we use that center as a safe place for students in Southeast DC. And uh, we're always looking to uh, partner with folks who can support us. And there's also a link on my main website for for people who like to help the Akron Reads project. And you can donate to uh, buy books for for fourth graders in Akron, Ohio. Thank you. Be blessed. Thank mm -hmm. you. And I'll get that email to Ramon as well. Glenn, are you still there? I know you had to go on a run. Are you there? I am alive. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. If you'd like to comment or have a question. Two questions from a man, Steve. But first, I want to come from a space of gratitude. Steve, I appreciate you being here with us this morning, inspiring us and empowering us with your words. You're an incredible superhuman. And I needed you during my run. I was on a run just now. And so my two questions, my very first question is, do you know if the president of the United States, do you have to be able to run two miles in under 14 minutes or is that just for Secret Service? Because 14 minutes, two miles, bro, I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what <laughs> options I still got left. Can I, can I still be the president? I just can't work with Secret Service. Yeah, that was, that was Homeland Security. Yeah. Yeah, that's too much for me. I just did two miles at 17 and a half, and you were talking about two and 14. I was like, oh, man, I guess I'm out. I'm out on there. But I uh, appreciate you sharing that. Uh, the other question I had for you is my brother, uh, my brother, his name is Bruce Branch, and Bruce Branch played for Northern Arizona University, and uh, he was a linebacker. Well known across the state, there were multiple articles in the newspaper about how he was going to go pro, so on and so forth. And he ended up getting an agent that did some crazy stuff. And uh, I sat with my brother during the draft, day one, day two, day three, and the phone call never came, never mm -hmm. came. And we just, we just all knew that this kid was going to play in the NFL. That's all he'd ever talked about since he was five years old. And he put in all the work. And it just, it just didn't work out. And so he didn't get drafted. And about a month after that, there was a combine over in uh, California. And so I signed him up for the combine. I took him out to California for the combine. And he went into the, the combine and just performed horrible, Steve. Like, just horrible. And you could tell he was mentally defeated, right, when he didn't get that mm -hmm. phone call. And so fast forward now. You know, it's been a lot of years since then, but fast forward now, he's he's grown, but he's still working. He's working a job that's just mundane, that doesn't tap into his excellence, that doesn't allow him to explore his greatness. He's just kind of running through the motions. So I was just curious what you might say to somebody that maybe lost it, even if it was long ago, to reinvigorate that incredible greatness that he had inside of him. Because I know there's still time, right? He's still he's still awake and alive. So what would you suggest for somebody maybe in that position that gave up a long time ago but hasn't been able to get out of it? 
Yeah, well, you know, sometimes life can be un unforgiving because life keeps moving. I will, I will recommend an instrument that I use called the calling cards. And uh, you can shoot me an email and I can send you a link. But uh, it's a great, great resource uh, where guys go through this deck of cards and um, I'm just paraphrasing now, but once you once you go through this exercise, you not only end up with what you're interested in, what what excites you, but there's also a uh, a, a format that kind of lets you know all the things that you'll get fulfillment out of, and things that you won't get fulfillment out of. And so, you know, I use this every year with, with guys. And it's amazing to see guys say, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's who I am. Yes. And I get significant others who are looking over their shoulders and know the athlete has to do it themselves. And so that kind of, that, that kind of narrows, you know, narrows down um, focus on what they, what they want to do. And then they're going to have to pursue it and pursue those kinds of uh, ideas. But I tell you right now, I sure wish I could play in the NFL and make the kind of money they're making today. <laughs> it ain't going to happen unless they got a helmet with a little oxygen tube inside I could suck on every other play. So <laughs> I feel that, man. I feel so, that. <laughs> so that's just, that's, just, that's just a reality. But it's not the end. It's just a process. And that process prepares you for the promise. And the promise is still there. <laughs> Wherever you want to be 10 years from now, your dominant thought today will get you there. Appreciate that, Steve. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, and it's an honor to meet up with another, uh, another, another member of the Raider Nation, my man. It's an honor. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, with that being said, we'll definitely pray for both of you. I want to give that last uh, question to Lolita, or, or comment. Lolita, are you still there? I am. And I first just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Rowan Trevor, for yet another spectacular interview and pulling out the greatness out of everybody. Like literally, you guys do an amazing job on that. Steve, I want to say thank you. We have so many things in common. Thank you, Dr. Rowe, for pinging me in. I was raised in Southeast D.C. Um, on Willow Road. I moved to Prince George's County, still live there, uh, do retreats now, graduated from an HBCU, Morgan State University, pledged Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. The list can go on and on. So I have a fourth grader, as you mentioned, fourth grade. And the list goes on and on. I believe that God does not make mistakes. There are no coincidences. And so I'd love to tap base outside of here. Here's my question for you in the two minutes that we have is this here. What what is the one thing you would tell everyone inside of this moment right now in order to dream bigger, do better, and go bolder? And thanks so much, Steve. It was such a pleasure getting to know you. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, Wheeler Road, I know it well. Um, my youth center is at 17th and Q, a block over from Anacostia High School. Um, I've this written to you offline. I've written to you to ask how can I, my son and I get involved with helping um, exactly there because I, I always want to keep track of our roots and I want him to always remember that what he has, it needs to sit in gratitude. Absolutely. Great, great, great. I would say this. This is this is one of my one of my dominant thoughts. God only gives us ideas bigger than who we are. 
so that by the stretching of our faith, it gives him the joy of pulling the impossible within our reach. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what other people say is impossible. God is saying, just believe. And I, I just, I really believe that I've done some things and, you know, I haven't even gone into my story, you know, about him. You know, my mom had six inoperable cancers, tumors on her brain. She died at 60. My mom had five brothers. All my uncles, they're all dead because of drugs and alcohol. Her two sisters, they're both dead because of drugs and alcohol. My brother Raymond, I played football because of him. He was the best athlete in Akron, Ohio. He smoked so much crack cocaine, the base of his brain exploded. He died instantly. My sister abused drugs. She's dead. I had a nephew, 22, shot and murdered in a drive-by at a cemetery in June. It was the same weekend of his first Father's Day, and, and, and it never happened. And so I, I, all of these things littered through my life, but, but I'm saying, you know, God has given me ideas. There, there's some ideas that have come my way, and I'm like, no way. But as soon as I get that idea, is anything impossible? And God is just trying to get us to yes. And yes, warfare will always contend with the promise. And adversity will seek to unseat you. But so what? If, if, and I believe this, if God has already made up his mind to indulge himself in you, and I believe that, then why not stretch your faith? Because that gives him the joy of unlocking these doors. And all we got to do is twist the handles. So that you center I have in Southeast D.C., I got a half million dollar grant I didn't even ask for. How in the world did I get a half million dollar grant? Somebody just came by and they showed up on my doorstep. I didn't know they were a ranking member of the D.C. Appropriations Committee. And I told them what I wanted. And they gave me a half million dollars. Yes. So those things happen all the time. What if those things are supposed to be the norm? So that's what I say. You know, don't allow anybody or anything to dissuade you. If you have a vision, follow your vision and provision will hunt you down. <laughs> I needed that. So thank you so much. Wow, Steve, you are absolutely 100% a champion and you are absolutely welcome here anytime. Guys, I want you to do me a big, big, big favor. I want you to go connect with Steve. Uh, you can actually go to stevefitzhugh.com and that's uh, his last name is F-I-T-Z-H-U-G-H, stevefitzhugh.com. Make sure you go there, connect with him. Uh, he's got a lot of books and all kinds of things going on. And also do me another favor, uh, make sure you follow him on Clubhouse. That way he can get this message out to more and more people, experience more and more rooms, uh, and uh, and blow him up in the DMs too. You know what I'm saying? Blow him up in the DMs if he said something that uh, was impactful or, or uh, uh, fed your spirit today. Make sure you do that. We would appreciate that. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.